Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner in sunny Cincinnati. NFL Week 15 preview, listener mailbag, and trivia. Let's fucking go. College football is changing forever, Mike. That's what I'm hearing on the streets. Am I wrong to think that? Changing for the worst. Stop. This is Stop. the end of an era as we know it. Stop. It's never going to be the same. Go back to the old days. This is ridiculous. Jackson oh, yeah. State, Jackson State, a.k.a. Deion Sanders State, FCS school, steals Travis Hunter, the number one overall recruit according to 24-7 Sports, the top cornerback in the class away from his alma mater florida state there are people online burning florida <laughs> state Deion sanders jerseys there are people on an active twitter space asking for mike norvell to be fired that was pretty hilarious that was hilarious yeah. absolutely hilarious all because jackson state is unloading well let's again Deion sanders state is unloading an unreal bag for travis hunter via nil deals whatever all legal all above the books to go to Jackson State. Are you shocked by this? And I guess what's your reaction overall? I would go to Jackson State if Dion just promised me some of those six shades he wears on the side. Fair. Those are dope. I need to find out where to get those. I obviously couldn't pull them off, but I would like to try. I think I can. Um, you can. Yeah, I know I can. Uh, now, obviously, there's not actually been reported numbers as of now of, in terms of what kind of NIL deal he is getting or if he's getting any. Um, but I do think this is what I said when the whole NIL thing came about. I think to a degree, this levels the playing field from a recruiting perspective. If you want some kind of to kind of go all in on top end talent, like you can go be a big thing in Boise for a couple of years. You can go be a big thing in Jackson State for a couple of years instead of, you know, he goes to Bama. I don't know how how good it necessarily this guy is, but if you go to one of the blue bloods, you might ride the pines for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, or you might not be a first year starter. I do wonder, though, if it's going to be a, I'll say, Quinn Ewers-esque decision where you go to a place where you know you're getting a bag. You know you're getting whatever X million of dollars. And you're and with then Deion with Sanders. The, and you're with Deion Sanders. And you're obviously the decisions, making names. Everyone in America no, so knows are. his name right now. After If he would have just gone to Florida State, no one would have given a shit about who he is. I mean, like a lot of people still would have, but not as nearly as many people as do now. And then come next off season, shit, you can transfer whatever you want. You can mm-hmm. go get another bag. Yeah. You, know, you can go say who's the highest bidder yet again to go get an NIL deal and go somewhere else. I do wonder if that could be a situation that we're going to see play out here. Because if you're saying, is this the best decision for a guy in his future to go to Jackson State? And yes, he's going to get developed by Deion Sanders. But if you're purely, if we're even just doing a purely financial look at this, say it is $1.5 million and someone else was offering $500,000. Say it's a million-dollar decision that he's making right mm-hmm. now. That will be made up come draft time if you play at an Alabama and LSU, a blue, a blue blood that is going to actually, and not even just from a developmental standpoint, from an NFL draft perspective, no one is going to take you top five if you dominate at the FCS level mm-hmm. as a defensive back. Maybe as a quarterback, if we have the tools, whatever. We've yeah. seen that. As a defensive back, though, the last one to go in the first round even from the FCS was 2008, Dominic Roger Cromartie. Hasn't been happening in a decade. So... Was that Dominic Rodgers-Kamari or Antonio? Yeah. Dominic Rodgers-Kamari. Antonio went to Florida State, actually. Oh, wow. Take that full circle. I'm sorry. But Travis Hunter, 
if he were to go to uh, just saying like he balls out at Jackson State, what kind of NFL GM or you know evaluator is going to trust that enough that he's you know the level of competition he's playing against to say I'm going to make you a top five pick, whereas Derek Stingley is going to be a top five pick off a of goddamn his freshman tape alone, basically at LSU at playing in the yeah playing in the uh, playoffs, playing in the SEC, that sort of thing. So I, I will say I, I do wonder if he does stay through all three slash four years there. I have a few reactions and, and comments on this. One, the NIL deals and the transfer portal combination above all helps the players. And that's yeah. what this is about. It's about helping 18-year-olds the most, right? It's not about Alabama. It's not about any coach. It's not about the programs. It's about players being in control. 18-year-olds. People will keep referring to these guys as kids. And yeah, sure, they are young. But these are 18-year-olds making financial decisions for themselves mm -hmm. and obviously chase your bag, go after the $1.5 And what I hope is, and I'm reading the tea leaves a bit, what I hope is is Deion Sanders did not pitch this as, hey, it's $1.5 now and you are in three, four years are going to change Jackson State forever because very difficult for him to do and pinning him to Jackson State for four years, not giving him that opportunity, that obvious opportunity that he'll probably chase in pursuing a power five blue blood blue blood program in the future to improve his draft stock, I think would be ridiculous. What I hope happened was, hey, let's change Jackson State this year. Deion Sanders might not even be coaching at Jackson State in 2023, 2024 at the rate that he's changing college football and able to the connections he has and stuff like that. What I do think another change for this will be, though, college coaches, what matters most is who you can recruit. And you see what Jimbo Fisher is doing at Texas A&M and recruiting like a wild man. And he just went on the Fine, ba Fine Bomb show. He went on the Fine Bomb podcast and uh, or Fine Bomb show radio, show. radio show. And said, NIL, things like this, these NIL deals have been happening forever. They just weren't legal. And the guys, you know, he says something along the lines of the guys who've been doing it for a long time get it. And like, that's Jimbo Fisher in a lot of ways, right? Like Jimbo yeah. Fisher's at Texas A&M. He's got five of the top eight recruits because he's doing legal money handing to, to kids exactly this ain't his first rodeo he's been doing this for a long time and other coaches have well as well Deion sanders is so primely positioned <laughs> in his prime to do this because he has connections to sponsors he's yeah. worked with other sponsors before in the in the deals that he's done so he's in such a unique position even if he isn't an x's and o's guy this guy might not he doesn't have to watch a lick of tape if he can get the number one quarterback in the country to go to jackson state you give this guy an opportunity to coach any power five team in the program he is going to make fucking waves and that in my opinion what ultimately will become what is the most yeah. important trait of a college head coach yeah that's what i bet is the ultimate sort of what happens with all this is that he brings the stars the guys that he's recruited there exactly to a power five program Dion pitches shortly, him but Dion is pitching Sanders he's yeah. not he's pitching Sanders State he's not pitching Jackson State and he's like if I go anywhere you're coming with me and we're making this happen because my brother used to live in Jackson Mississippi with his wife I visited him it's the worst city I've ever been in my life <laughs> and that is not an exaggeration he said I actually sent me this reddit thread <laughs> this reddit thread asking worse than Cincy asking what's the worst city in america and the top comment on the reddit thread was i assume you mean what's the worst city in america outside of jackson mississippi because everyone knows it's jackson that's like, incredible it, it having been there like i was like hey like where's like you know the restaurant district where are we going he's like you know there's not one uh you couldn't drive the speed limit on roads most roads because there's too many potholes and too many holes like you cannot go 30 or else you're going to risk just blowing your tires out on the roads. Really? Yes. 
it was difficult to stay in for a weekend. So That's feel bad for the feel bad for the man. Oh man. DeAndre Hopkins is the other catching early buzz here. DeAndre Hopkins is out for the regular season yeah. with a sprained knee. Now, last time we checked, I believe. So Cardinals are coming off a loss against the Rams. Still in a very good position to make the playoffs. I don't think them falling out is even like like even possible, let alone likely. And I think they don't have a tough schedule down the stretch, right? I think they're 13-point favorites over the Bears, or no, the Lions this week on the road. On the road. They play the Cowboys and the Colts. They have a tough schedule. Okay, I guess they do have a tough schedule. So I guess how big of a deal is this for Deion? And, and the Seahawks at home is no, is no slouch. When you got Russell Wilson on the other side, I guess it will be after the Lions game, a tougher schedule. Dallas and Dallas, Colts at home, and then Seahawks at home. Where's your head at on how much this impacts Arizona? I think you can kiss the one seed goodbye. Fair. Uh, that's that's just not happening, especially with the Bucks schedule. Bucks aren't losing. I, I would be floored if the Bucks dropped a game down the stretch. You can kiss the one seed goodbye. They have the easiest schedule according to PFF down the stretch. The Bucks. Yeah, it, it's cakewalk. Um, and shit, they are they are at risk of the division at this point after having dropped that to the Rams. Now, if they drop two more, which Colts, Cowboys, without DeAndre Hopkins. Those are very losable games. Now, I don't think they will. I think they still win the West, but that's a massive injury. And it's more, it's more if you can if you're already ruling him out for the regular season, like that's that's already the timetable. Chances of him being back for that first playoff game, because there's you're not getting the bye. Like I just said, they're not getting yeah. the one seed. Chances of getting him back for that first playoff game looking slim. So if you are the three, you are gonna be playing probably the 49ers. Like that's not gonna be an easy game to win without DeAndre Hopkins. So, so big, now, big are, are you saying right now, like, just correct me if I'm wrong, I guess. Are you saying Aaron Rodgers is going to be hosting, hoisting the Lombardi trophy when it's all said and done? I, I think, <laughs> is, is that what you're hinting at? I guess. Well, I mean, I've been hinting at that all year, but <laughs> I, I do think, I think the bucks right now have the best chance to one seed the NFC. They, they, I mean, the Packers obviously may get a catch a break with Lamar Jackson, but then they have the Browns still, which they may catch a break with the COVID stuff with the Browns uh, on Christmas Day. And then they have the Vikings. Like, they have losable games, games that you could drop. The Bucks just do not. Here, here's the Bucks schedule here down the stretch. Saints at home, which Saints are the teams that have given them problems. Panthers on the road, Jets on the road, Panthers at home. That four non-playoff teams right there, that's you would think they go for it now. Last thing here, COVID outbreak season is what I had here. Browns are reeling. Washington football team, I think, put 17 players on the COVID list. This is absurd. I think the biggest the biggest team that's seeing movement in from a betting perspective is the Browns. The Browns on the Saturday slate open as six and a half point favorites at home over the Las Vegas Raiders. They're now one and a half point dogs. With Baker Mayfield expected out. I think there's rumors that Case Keenum could be a close contact. We could see Nick Mullins quarterbacking this Browns team against the Raiders. Sick. And the Raiders are still only one and a half point favorites, which is sad, which is sad. But still, um, I think the Browns might be screwed here. And the Browns, like, yeah, they're in a position to steal the AFC North or whatever. But if they lose this one, this is a tough spot to be in, right? And this it's is not a tough just spot. That. Stefanski's out, too. Oh, yeah. Coach is out, Coach too. is out. Their head coach, once again. Sidelined with COVID, the dude cannot catch a break with the timing of his COVID, even though last year they obviously win the game with him on the sideline, the wild card there against Steelers. But 
Jesus. Browns have Raiders at home. They're one and a half point dogs on Saturday. Then the Packers on the road. I'll be there. Steelers on the road, which is never a slouch. Then the Bengals at home, and the Bengals have been overperforming all season long. That is a tough stretch of games. Bengals have not been overperforming. No one expected them to win seven games. I think their win total was like six. Well, they've well, not been what? overperforming. Fair. Fine. Fine. You don't think the Bengals are more competitive than people thought originally? This is what I thought. You all thought right. they were going to be shit? Let's anyway. get to the games. All right, let's get to the games. Chiefs at Chargers, game of the week, Thursday night. But it's not anymore. Because Rashawn Slater's out. You think that's everything? I mean, I think that's a massive... You got Rashawn Slater out, and you have the short week. Like, it should have been the game of the week, but it's all of a sudden turned into Chargers really bucking behind the eight ball here on a short Man. week. Obviously, at home helps, but I have to go Chiefs in this one. No, no, Without your two starting tackles, I just don't care who you are. That's a difficult hill to climb, mm-hmm. to overcome especially against the Chiefs, man, with the way that defense is playing. I I am all in on the Chiefs here. I was considering making a pretty healthy bet on the Chiefs' money line, but I think even taking the three-and-a-half, Chargers are three-and-a-half-point dogs on the road or at home, Rashawn Slater out. I'll say this, Chiefs are the hottest team in the NFL right now. Offense, obviously coming off a beatdown against the Raiders, and the Raiders are a slump buster for any team in the NFL, but still, mm-hmm. offense is top five in the NFL. It has been... For a bulk majority of the season. Defensively, though, it's legitimately a top three defense in the NFL since week five. In EPA per play allowed. They have limited opposing no offenses significantly. It has been... Steve Spagnuolo's a wizard. Yeah, complete turnaround for the Kansas City Chiefs on defense. And that offense still has Patrick Mahomes, still has Tyreek Hill, still has Travis Kelsey. It is still a top five offense. I think they are wildly dangerous. It would take an absurd feat from Justin Herbert and this Chargers team just to slow them down, let alone win. I like Chargers minus three or um, Chiefs minus three and a half. Raiders at Browns. We just talked about this game. I said don't bet on this game. This game is going to be a disaster, right? I mean, I mean maybe maybe do bet on this game. Maybe just bet the the Raiders. Yeah, you know? I think. like one and a half points. Here, just I'm going to read a list of all the guys who we're recording this on Wednesday. Game is on Saturday. Who are likely to be out in this one? Baker Mayfield. John Johnson, Malik McDowell, Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Wyatt Teller, Jedrick Wills, Anthony Walker, David Njoku. You have damn near your entire offensive line out, your quarterback out, three key defenders out, two key receivers out. Like, you're not you're not a team anymore. <laughs> you know, you are not – you're the Texans at that point. No. I'm kidding, but but kind of. And your, and, your, and your head coach is out, cannot be even at practice this week to, like, install the game plan, you know. Like, there is a lot going on that that's too much of a mess. I don't care for anyone. Like, that's, that's a lot to overcome. I am scared to still bet the Raiders, right? I think the <laughs> they Raiders, hurt you too much. Where the they, Raiders where they have hurt you? me, man. The Raiders have hurt me. Also, for the Raiders, Denzel Berryman, the linebacker, Trayvon Mullen, corner, Darren Waller are all not expected to play in this game. Like their their team maybe doesn't have COVID across the board, but they're hurt. <laughs> but they're second. They're not good either. Yeah, this is tough. Yeah. I don't want to bet. I, I my my official stance is do not bet on this game. And honestly, if this continues to swing in the Raiders' direction, bank on maybe Baker Mayfield sneaking a negative test in there, and they actually swing back in the Browns' direction. I like Browns money line right now at plus one and a half. Go for it. I'm doing it. Patriots at Colts. Colts are favored by two at the start of the week. That number is now out to two and a half. People betting the Indianapolis Colts, the Saturday night 
Saturday night showdown for the Indianapolis Colts. So far, um, 76% of the cash is on Indianapolis. Why? Is New England not the better football team? Is Mac Jones not the better quarterback in this game? Better quarterback getting two and a half yes on the road? I don't know. I, I don't know why... I why were you back, talking in rhetorical questions? There? I don't know why. I don't know why that either. I don't know why I would back the Colts here, though. I don't, I'm not. I'm not big on the Colts here. Yeah, I think they both like they play the same game, right? You know, like they play a similar brand of football. But I just think the Pats play better at this point, and the Pats secondary matches up far better, I think, than to to kind of slow down what the Colts do than the Colts' defense, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I, I just I agree. I think the Pats are the slightly better football team. And for, I don't think home field advantage is worth that much in this case. So give me the Pats. Taking Pats too. We're both taking the dog there. I'm excited to take the Pats. I think Patriots, man, that's another team that has a firm control over the number one seed. This is one of their bigger games down the stretch. I think this is a massive one. I think they get on the road and beat down on the Colts. Jonathan Taylor's over under is at 90 and a half. Mm -hmm. Do you like the over? They're probably near guaranteed to get 15, 18 plus carries in this one. Do you see a over nine and a half for Jonathan Taylor? Dropping that on me. I'm trying to think about that one. I'll let you think about it. Maybe I'll circle back. I'll just, I think under because I think they're behind. Okay. I think that's thrilled. I think so too, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Before we get to Panthers at Bills, and then we have some ugly games to get to. A lot of big spreads. Bills, Panthers, Bills is a 10.5 point spread. Cardinals, Lions is 13. Jets, Dolphins is 9.5. Cowboys, Giants, 10.5. It's going to be a gross, gross stretch here. Before we get there, (laughs) X chair. Working from home is more important to me now than ever. Optimize your home office with an X chair and many of our X accessories to enhance your focus, productivity, energy, and comfort. Once you feel the customized support of X chairs, patented, dynamic, Variable lumbar, there's no going back. It's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X-Chair. With versatile comfort and extraordinary design, X-Chair fits any space. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are all the reasons I love my X-Chair. Now I can't wait to get back to work. And sometimes even if I'm not working, I sit in my X-Chair just to get that feeling. Go to xchairtailgate.com. That's X-Chair, T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E.com or call 1-844-X-Chair for $100 off your first order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month, xchairtailgate.com. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Patriots at, no, Panthers at Bills. Bills are 10.5-point favorites over the reeling Carolina Panthers. This is a massive spread, but I'm not betting... Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. He might play all three QBs this week. Might be a mix of Cam Newton, a mix of PJ Walker. Sam Darnold was practicing this week and activated off the injured reserve. I don't I don't have faith in the strategy in Carolina. They're still, I think, reeling from firing Joe Brady. I think this offense is scatterbrained. Bills, yeah, it's 10 and a half. Yeah, you have the hit the hook over 10. I still like the Bills here. Betting Panthers this week sounds awful. That just sounds like an awful game to sit through. On Sunday, I refuse. Well, I will be taking the Panthers. Why? I think they match up well defensively. Stephon Gilmore is back, healthy, starting, and playing like a number one cornerback. That's that's like what you need, in my opinion. No. To go up you know what they fucking the need is a quarterback. They need a quarterback. Well, I mean, that's what you need to slow down the Bills. You didn't let me finish there. I, I, I know the Carolina Panthers need a lot on the offensive side of the ball. 
not debating that. But I think Stefan Gilmore is going to follow Stefan Diggs, and I think it's going to hold up well enough. I mean, he has he's allowed 35 yards all year long, 107 coverage snaps, and 90.0 coverage grade. Like they they got clown, they're getting clown for the trade because they were you know quote unquote all in. But like he's been well worth the whatever they paid for him. So give me the Panthers to cover a big spread with that inconsistent Bills offense. I don't think that matters. I don't think that matters enough. Obviously, Stefan Gilmore has been good. Obviously, limiting Stefan Diggs would be great. But I still feel that the Bills can do anything against that defense. And offensively, Carolina... They can run? They can't run against... Well, they can't run. They don't have to, though. They don't have to run. I I think the Carolina Panthers offense would be lucky to score 10 points. Hey, Lucky. Lucky. Bills, minus 10.5. Carolina... Or no, Arizona Cardinals at Lions. I... Got on this podcast, said I was ready to join the Red Sea, and was let down by Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. And now you tell me DeAndre Hopkins is out for the regular season. He only has a 13% target share this year. Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz all have a higher target share. It's been far more true. Uh, kind of like air raid sort of dis- yeah. distribution. So distribution. Everyone gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The highest everyone rate. gets fed. You know, you think about people, you know, receivers with the highest target share in the NFL right now. Cooper Cup over 30%. Devontae Adams over 30%. DJ Moore at 30%. Cardinals don't have anyone over 17. Christian Kirk leads the team in target share and it's at 16%. It's a really well-spread offense. However, I still think the DeAndre Hopkins loss is massive. It might lead to Andy Isabella playing snaps, which we don't want to see. Dan Campbell. Yes, we are backing Dan Campbell this week. I was going to join the Red Sea. I said I was. I like Detroit plus 13. I'm not picking them to win at home. They still have Kyler Murray. But at plus 13, and I think this number has actually gotten out to plus 13 and a half. If you can get it at 14, take it. I like yeah. the fighting Detroit Lions. I like when You know I like when you throw, I throw fighting on every team. Nope. I hate that. Even with 74% of the cash on Arizona, I'm backing Dan Campbell's Lions with DeAndre Hopkins out. I am probably making the mistake of doing so as well. Oh, God. It's the Cardinals' second lowest graded run defense that gives me pause in taking them to cover 13. Now, run defense, rushing offense, we're not, you know, not necessarily swaying games, but like the the Lions have been able to move the ball on the ground of late. Even against the Broncos, they kind of did. Jared Goff, obviously, a little scary, uh, ever trusting him. But yeah, just give me the Lions here at home. I'll take it a little bit. Let's go. Let's take some dogs this week, Mike. What do you want to do for the games this week? Uh, I never hang out on Sundays now. Yeah, well, I'm usually just. Ha- I don't know what we want to do. What do you, I really want to go to the sports book? No, out in Indiana. I went with Eric once. It's awful. But it smells like. Six. I hate. Okay, yeah. Every casino. I have a take about this. Every casino outside of Las Vegas is the worst place on earth. It's a cesspool. It's of just degeneracy. There's so there's like a casino that's just a slot casino next to the gym I go a to. Slot casino. Is that what's called? Is that what it's called, called a slot casino. I've heard of racing. I've never heard of that. But it's just it's just like slots and like table game. It's it's a really and like everyone going in is either on oxygen, has a walker, is over a hundred pounds overweight, uh, and All is Quinn's fifty type. plus. It's honestly just it's one of the sad, it has to be one of the saddest places in America. I refuse to go in. If you I was there on Sunday at like nine a.m. or it was like ten a.m. before the games. Yeah. If you're grinding out the slots. 10 a.m. on a Sunday, on a morning, you yeah. are an absolute monster. Because there's not even 
there's not I don't understand the addiction. I don't understand the interest and, in and you're not let's just, slots. let's just say and you're not still up from the night before. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. like a, that to me is more of a reasonable thing than waking up early and being like first thing you want to do is go put a 25 cents in a slot machine and pull and pull because there's no decisions, right? Like I understand some of the addiction stuff when like you're making informed decisions on the game or you're, yeah. you're, you're making informed decisions in poker for the slot stuff. I don't understand because like you, you don't do anything. Yeah. It's like the lotto, but like a consistent lotto. You're just like another chance. Yeah. You're just addicted to the, just like the luck and the hope maybe. Yeah. Just, just like play on your phone or something. Yeah, I there's no difference. Is I, there? I, well, you can make money. Like Quinn, I think you'd have but a you unique don't. take. <laughs> Quinn, I think you'd have a unique. Yeah. Cause you, you literally like statistically don't Yes, like with slot machines because <laughs> it's a computer. Guaranteed. Yeah. Not so. Um, Quinn, I think you have a unique take on non-Vegas casinos. and well, What I was going to say about Hollywood, the sports book that you're talking about, is just to clarify for everybody listening, you can still smoke in that casino. Yeah. It's in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. I don't know how many casinos you can – because like the casino down here in downtown Cincinnati, you can't smoke in. But the Indiana casino, just imagine kind of you know rural Indiana folks that can smoke in a casino and like – you know. Picture that. I will say though, have you guys ever been to Boogie Nights there? No. <laughs> no. Boogie Nights is fun as hell. There's a Boogie Nights. There's like a there's a club slash bar in the casino that's like a modeled after like an old school. I can see the disdain in Austin's face, but it's like an old school like disco, disco. thing, and it's actually really. I mean, you got to go get banged up at the bad. casino. I don't know if I just roll up there, you know, sober. But it's it's fun. It's worth checking out. I'll consider it. Um, That's Austin, my unique. Take. I, I guarantee one, Austin will never go. And two, this we did, <laughs> the one thing we didn't talk about when, in that whole conversation of like everything was better or everything's better than it was twenty years ago or thirty years ago. Smoking in restaurants and bars is better. No, not having it. Yeah, yeah. Like the fact that yeah, like yeah. thirty years ago there was no such thing as non-smoking bars. Like every bar in the country was a smoking bar. Had to be kind of brutal. Yeah, like, that had been awful. Yeah, you come back after like having smelling like smoke every time you wake up. Yeah, after a night out, had to be everyone didn't even everyone just always smelled like smoke. Yeah, I mean, and it was kind of that that was a, a disaster. I know the youth movement. I sound like an idiot. Um, Sigs inside That's has been a good. common hashtag no. in some social media like how why 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 are we getting back to this well why? vaping is way cooler vaping. than oh, anyway, i forgot vaping so. is cool i forgot vaping is cool i don't want to have the conversation about my opinion on vaping right here right now but i do think that was good discourse on how non-vegas casinos are an absolute disaster texans at jaguars <laughs> speaking of disaster i'm not mm. watching this game mike this i'm is not a watching repeat this game. of the game of the year from week one <laughs> i'm not watching this game why not Jaguars are favored by three and a half, and I could not fade them as favorites more. Did you see the story that came out today? Would you rather watch the game or just a live feed of Urban Meyer? A live feed of Urban Meyer. Yeah, Sam. That's a fact. <laughs> a, a story came out today from TampaBay.com where former Jags kicker Josh Lambeau said that Urban Meyer kicked him during warmups and told him, hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks. And then Urban Meyer denied that's ever happened. That's good advice, though. He really should make his fucking Imagine kicks. kicking another adult. <laughs> As your prior job, that's insane. Every story just keeps getting one up. Shots fired at kickboxers. I mean, Shut, they need to make a living too. Worst joke I've ever heard you say on this podcast. I like Texans money line. I like Texans plus three and a half. I do not see a world where the Jags yeah. have a positive impact on the NFL. Yeah, I just. I also don't want to root for Herb. Just say next game. Next game. <laughs> Jets at Dolphins. Big spread. Dolphins favored by nine and a half over the hapless Jets. Can I read a tweet to you? Let's go. Yeah. Deontay Lee 
okay. who is a analyst here at PFF and one of the smartest people here at PFF. I love this tweet from him. I I'll, I'll I say that to say this. He sucks. This is on Zach Wilson. I've watched every game of Zach Wilson this season. Maybe he will suck less later on, but the Jets have to treat this offseason as though they're building an offense around a QB that sucks. Deontay Lee is I somewhat mean. reserved when you talk to him, but that was the most aggressive tweet I've seen him send. He was like, no, this guy sucks, and the Jets need to plan on building an offense around a QB that sucks. Well, Zach Wilson, I think, has to retire. You don't build an offense around a QB that sucks because... He sucks. If he sucks, you're you're gonna suck. So I mean, like, I you, like you build the offense like with the anticipation, <laughs> with the anticipation or hope that he doesn't suck. That hope that you know, with basically the strengths that you saw on tape at BYU, come out at some point. But I don't think there's any debating the premise of right now. He sucks. He looked like shit last game. We said that this is probably his worst game of the year. Um, but there's no like all for naught sort of ness about his game. There's he's a rookie. He's halfway through or a little over halfway through his first season in the NFL. No one besides Baker Mayfield peaks at that point. You know? Mm-hmm. So like go back and look at everyone's darling, Matthew Stafford, and his rookie season. He had a forty five point eight grade. He had 13 touchdowns compared to 20 interceptions and a 53.3 completion percentage. If you want to have kind of uh, who else? Derek Carr was absolute ass his rookie year. Like there are certain guys who it was terrible. Now, the vast majority of guys who come out and are shit year one, like this level of shit, stay shit. You know, like even even Jared Goff kind of had some fool's gold there, but I think we're pretty comfortably saying Jared Goff's not a top 25 quarterback in the NFL at this point. But, you know, the Josh Rosens of the world, the EJ Manuals who come out and are bad, a lot of times stay bad. But there is a track record of guys turning it around. It is not impossible. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, at this point, you can't, you're not going to cut bait on Zach Wilson. But I will not bet him in this game, <laughs> is what all, that's the roundabout way of me saying that him against Brian Flores' defense right now, the way they've been playing of late, is nightmare fuel. Last time around, they did cover this number. That was with Joe Flacco. So <laughs> different story, different story. Um, I'm sorry, but I did not listen to a ton of that. I was reading more of the urban Meyer article and I can't get off of it. Mm. J- Lambo said that the kick was about a five out of 10. And he told him when he got kicked, don't ever effing kick me again. And urban said, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the F I want. Did none of this stuff come out before because he was winning? Like, there's no way this is the first time Urban has done some crazy dumbass shit, right? But I feel like the leaks don't start until you're taking fat L's, right? I I think once you start to lose a ton of games, it's easier for players to not back some of these strategies. But initially, right, it's like he's winning everything. I don't care if he stabs me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he's working. Right? They weren't winning at any point this year. I'm saying with Ohio State. Like, there's no way this wasn't happening before. There's no way he gets to the NFL and he's like, you know what? I'm an asshole. There's no (laughs) way. Like, this had to have happened at the collegiate level. Maybe he wasn't kicking legitimate children. But, like, there's no way this just sprung on, right? I think this has to be – the only reason it's coming out now is because the Jags stink. Yeah. And and he's dealing with 30-year-olds. Lambeau got cut by the Jaguars. Fair. Obviously. 
So hell hath no scorn. A bit of an axe to grind here, but yeah. Interesting. As for the Zach Wilson stuff, I agree. I'm not backing the Jets here. I was looking this up for one of the Miami Dolphins beat writers that reaches out to me a handful of times, or I think it was a Jets beat writer. Zach Wilson against man coverage this year is a 40.5 PFF grade. Hmm. It's the worst in the NFL. Hmm. He's also taken more sacks when facing man coverage than any other quarterback in the NFL. Hmm. He's also the least accurate quarterback in the NFL when kept clean. He has not had a lot of success. And when you aren't accurate with the football consistently, especially from clean pockets, you're going to struggle against man coverage because the windows are tighter and you got to get the ball placement has to be pristine. Yeah. This is a situation where I'm betting Dolphins even at minus nine and a half. They're at home. I think Brian, Fl- Brian Flores and Miami Dolphins run man coverage at the second highest rate in the NFL. And I think they might even turn it on more knowing that Zach Wilson and this receiving core, right? Like is, is inexperienced. I, I think this is a big win for the Dolphins. I, I do think there is a conversation. The conversation right now around Zach Wilson should revolve around the fact that Joe Douglas did not bring him in some sort of mentor, older quarterback, been around the block to basically show him the ropes of how to be an NFL quarterback is, I think, the biggest L of Joe Douglas's tenure to date. Like the fact that they had to then trade a six round pick for Joe Flacco midseason is it was too late at that point mm-hmm. you know like he, to have to be so confident in this kid coming from where he did at BYU and the situation he had that you just thought you know what this guy we day one he's going to be fine he'll figure it out it's like no I, everyone needs like i i always have thought that one of the downfalls of the mid 2000s green bay packers was when they got rid of charles woodson and their secondary kind of went to shit when you have a guy that is that level of respect and professionalism like it impacts everyone and develops guys in a way that a position coach cannot and i think that's something that they definitely missed that the beginning part of this season through training camp whatnot is getting someone in zach wilson's ear to have to show him how to be a professional in the nfl because he's just too far behind the eight ball now before we get to cowboys at giants DraftKings football fans i'm sure we are all we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. So does Urban Meyer. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any NFL team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long. With DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet $1 on any NFL team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Cowboys at Giants. Giants are 10.5-point dogs without Daniel Jones. Before we get into this game specifically, when I was looking into the Zach Wilson stuff, Daniel Jones ranks 34th in accuracy or on-target throw rate from a clean pocket this year. He's the least accurate quarterback from a clean pocket since he entered the league. Daniel Jones, even if playing, has not been successful this season, hasn't been successful in his career. And guess what? The Giants are starting his backup. Mike Glennon has not played well either. This is a very tough situation for the Giants. They're 10.5-point dogs for a reason. It's another one of those games where Cowboys are objectively the better team. I think more than 80% of the cash is on the Dallas Cowboys in this game. I am not going to sit there and bet Mike Glennon. I won't, and I am fading 
the New York Giants. Yeah, 82% of the cash on Dallas. I'm riding with the nation. Hold your nostrils, baby. This is the one this week. And just imagine that offensive line trying to pass protect against this Cowboys defense right now. Just think about it. Think about how it's going to go with Mike Lennon back there and see if you want to put your money on that. No, that's, give me the Cowboys. I'm going to skip this game now. I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to move forward. Football team at Eagles. The Eagles are seven-point favorites over the football team. Am I? Is that you too much? I mean. That feels like a lot. It's the COVID. You didn't. Come on. It's everyone's got COVID on, on Washington. But none of the, none of the, like the quarterback doesn't, or I guess their backup quarterback does. Do you think that you warrants got enough? Matt Ioannidis. You got Cornelius Lucas. You have Kendall Fuller. You have Jonathan Allen. That's a lot of like yeah, impact the de- players. You have yeah, Montez yeah. Sweat. Yeah, the defense is fucked. You have a lot of players who are impact players. And again, it's like you you would almost you of all people would not care if Taylor Heineke was the one on the COVID. That's true. That's you true. You would not think that should move the line. I that actually should- got a lot of really positive DMs from Washington football fans after that whole spiel I had in the last podcast about how it's not that cool to like Taylor Heineke. And they're like, hey. I'm a Washington football fan, and I don't like Taylor Heineke. I'm with you, but I appreciate what you said. People agree. People are like, yeah, "Why I'm sure are you people- got tons?" Well, I got a ton. Okay, <laughs> like two or three. Um, <laughs> but I think I think there are people that like like to like Heineke for dumb reasons, okay. and they agree with that. All right, all right. Well, uh, this one, I mean, there's just too many guys in COVID right now. We're too far out for me to have like a real solid take on this game. I think that's fair. This line opened at minus four. In favor of Philly, it's moved to now, obviously, minus 7. 81% of the cash bet on this game is on Philly. But Green Line season edge right now on Washington plus 7. I I won't bet the game now either. I think that's fair. But if I had to bet it now, I think I would take football team plus 7. Even with the COVID cuts. Do it. Titans at Steelers. This might be one of the better games. Titans need a win. Mm-hmm. They can't keep falling here. Mm-hmm. I know they're coming off a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they need to show some life, some legit life. Whereas the Steelers also need to win this game. They're clinging to some playoff hopes, potentially. Yeah. They're at home, and they're a one-point dog. Why should I not bet the Steelers? I kind of want to. I, I love the Steelers in this game. Titans, obviously, still ridiculously banged up. And the Steelers, I think Big Ben's turned to kind of a corner. I, I think he's kind of had that sobering, oh, shit, this is it moment, I better, I don't know, do something. Like, I better turn things around quickly. I don't want to go out like this. And he's had two of his four highest-graded games the last two weeks. He looked legitimately good in that fourth quarter against Minnesota. I am banking on that being a trend as opposed to a flash in the pan. And I think this Steelers team... Honestly, rolls. Is it a this is it moment for Ben though? Because I feel like he goes in the film room and he like sees that throw that he made against the Vikings the other night, and he's like, uh, I still got it. Like maybe I'll stick around for another year or two. There's no way. There's no way that the Steelers want him back. Yeah, there's no way. There's no thing. way. As good as he's been, he's won Super Bowls. Whatever. There's no way. I think Tomlin would be would kick him before he freaking brings him back. <laughs> Honestly, take a page out of Urban's book. Um, but I. Throw any fucking picks. <laughs> Stop throwing picks. Bang. Yeah. Um, I have also been thinking about a joke to tweet about the Urban Meyer kick situation, but I can't think of one. Part of me wants to say, 
you know, Shad Khan has gone out and said that he doesn't want to, you know, he wants to kick this can down the road with a Meyer potentially not firing right after the season. That's part of it. But I think I'm going to think of it, maybe let it simmer. Yeah, brainstorm a little bit more I'm, on that. I'm there's something. I mean, yeah, it's a good situation. There. There's, there's always something with Urban that there's always a take to be had. Yeah. Falcons at 49ers. 49ers are nine and a half point favorites. This is one of those bigger lines that I kind of like Atlanta in. But here's the thing. I've said that before. <laughs> I've said I like Atlanta as dogs more probably than any other dog on this thing. But nine and a half's a lot, man. Nine and a half's a lot. This is not a COVID situation, right? Like, Matt Ryan is not out because yeah. of COVID. Kyle Pitts has actually been really good. He hasn't scored a ton. I think he only has one touchdown this season. But he has been really talented, one of the highest-grade rookies each of the past few weeks. I like on the road. I like the Falcons plus nine and a half. I just don't. There's too many big spreads that I've already sided with the favorite on, right? And I know favorites went up big last week. I think 11 and, or 12 and one last week. I think this is where the dogs, the dogs rise. And I'm going to give Falcons as one of those dogs. Yeah, I just think it's nine and a half points for the 49ers. Like, they're a, a solid football team, but are they that good? Like, a yeah. a 10-point win good What's the implied... over another, like... Now, the Falcons, when they go down, they, go, they get down bad. It, it's ugly. Mm -hmm. It can get ugly for them. But I still do think that that's a massive line for two teams that right now would be playoff teams. Atlanta would be your seven, right? I mean, the implied t point total right now is Niners 36 and you know the or no no i'm high i'm i'm missing the implied point total here uh i have to redo the math i'm gonna come back to that but i i think that the 49ers have to score way too many points to be nine and a half point favorites i don't think they do it's 28 18 28 18 i think the falcons score more than 18 i don't know if the niners can make that play yeah i like that all right <laughs> titans at steel no backs up for ravens Bengals at broncos oh Bengals at broncos i skipped it skipped them skipped it Bengals at Broncos. Broncos favored by two and a half. Here we go. AG fading the Bengals again. I like Broncos. Minus two and a half with the Bengals and their back against the wall. Why? Zach Taylor is not changing his stripes. Mm. This offense is not going to throw the football when it needs to. Did you see, though, he did say post game he regretted the first and second down runs in overtime. He said that? He said that post game. Maybe this Tiger. Wait, he regretted him just in overtime, not when they went down 20-6? Yeah, to okay, six? not the other ones. Not in the first three quarters when them. they put, yeah. him, put him down 20-6? to six. But he did say he regretted, though. So maybe this Bengal is changing change his stripes. stripes. I will say this. If the Bengals throw the ball, this is legitimate. The Bengals throw the ball on more than 55% of their early downs in this game. They such win. a low bar. Um, That's such a low bar. <laughs> I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not In the fourth quarter of that Niners game, they threw on 84% of early downs. Yeah. I'm asking for over 55%. That's all. I'm, I don't ask for a lot. If they throw over 55% of the time on early downs, I think they win this game. The Broncos have a good secondary. They have a good defense, but I still think the Bengals are the better team. Now, if they continue to play the same brand of football they've played all season long, the Broncos are going to win because they they aren't using their best weapon. It's like having a freaking your best weapon in your back pocket and you don't use it until you're down 20. And like that's just not enough. That's not enough, especially on the road uh, against a good Denver defense. I trust though back against the Walboro. I uh, him saying He better this audible. Week, him saying this <laughs> he week. He better audible yeah, yeah. some passes. Him saying this week that every game's a must win now. Uh that that sort of he didn't he didn't give a Aaron Rodgers guarantee. But and give a run the table, but he might as well have. He probably did in the locker room. We just don't know about it. So I trust Joe Burrow. You trust him? Trust him. 
I just don't trust Zach Taylor. You don't trust Zach Taylor. Which... Zach Taylor proved me wrong. Okay, I, I said last time, I will join the Red Sea if they win this one. Bengals, you throw on more than 55% of your early downs on this one. 55%, which would be like the 20th highest rate. I mean, not even, not even crack the top 16. You do it. I'll join Bengals Kingdom. What is it? What the fuck is Bengals? It's the jungle. The, the jungle. jungle. I'll join the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Jesus. I will join the jungle. I will join Flock the jungle. Nation. They don't even have to win. I don't care if they win. Just throw the ball more. Throw the ball more on early downs, and I will join the jungle. I have a Joe Burrow jersey. I might get a Jamar Chase one. I'll get a Jamar Chase jersey. Just if, get the get the the homage shirt that says the jungle, and you got Paul Brown. No. Join the jungle. That one's cool. How about no? I like that one. I get the shirts I want to get. You're not joining the jungle. Did you say you're going to join the jungle? I have a Bengals jersey already. Doesn't it say your dad on the back? It says, yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> is your Bengals? 69 says dad. Yeah. That's terrible. That doesn't count. It's a count. good one. It's, it's an old one, though. You got to get an updated I know I 2021 jersey. That one's from like four years ago. Packers at Ravens. Ravens are five and a half point dogs at home. It's un I think I read unlikely that Lamar Jackson plays, or is he still trying to stick it well, up? Well, yeah. So they signed Josh Johnson this week. Oh, they're fucked. Which that's the uh, telltale sign of... The proverbial white flag. That's good. That's a good way to put it. Well, good analogy there, AG. And yeah, and that's making me go Packers. And even if they had Lamar Jackson, shit, I'd go Packers. I, I think this offense right now is cooking. And the Ravens, like you're not going to fool. You might fool Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think you're going to fool him consistently enough. And and the way they win in terms of getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks is via the blitz. And yeah, you got a little bit, you got some backups on this Packers offensive line, but I don't think the Ravens have a ton of guys who still can win one-on-one -on -one as pass rushers to really just get home with four. At that point, uh, they don't have anyone that's going to cover Devontae Adams with Marlon Humphrey out. So give me the Packers. I, I can't bet the Ravens with the uncertainty at the quarterback situation. Yeah. And if Tyler Huntley plays this game, I think this number should be like seven, seven and a half. The Packers will dump truck them. This defense is good. Like this defense is legit. This is your dump truck of the week? Oh, Did you bring I, the I, didn't, I didn't bring out the Tonka. Let me scroll back here. What's my dump truck? You know what? I think that's an unfair dump truck, though. It has to be on a closer spread. Your mom's my dump truck. I'm giving the Chiefs. To, I like Chiefs. Dump truck of the week is the Chiefs. It's only They're only three and a half point favorites, and they're on the road. Thursday night, I think they're going to uproot Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm bringing out the dump truck. <laughs> Quinn, you're doing the post pro now. Give me a little, a little Mack truck. I, I gotta know which one the you gotta tell me ahead of time which one's the, oh, the dump truck. I screwed week. it. I screwed it. I screwed it. Next, but time. yeah, I can I can get a dump truck. All I right. can yeah. <laughs> find me a dumpy. All right, uh, <laughs> Packers at Ravens. No, Seahawks at Rams. Rams five point favorites at home over Seattle. I put my notes. The Rams are back. Stafford back. This defense without Ramsey looked good against a very good Arizona Cardinals team. I, I I don't know. Five points is always a lot against Russell Wilson, but this Seahawks team outside of him has been bad. Maybe outside of him of Lockett and Metcalf. I like Rams minus five. Yeah, the last time I like the Rams minus five as well. And this Rams defense, this is kind of, this is the defense that has been giving Russell Wilson fits. Like they kind of started the trend of how to play also Russell Wilson. And this deep attack, the Seahawks in this rivalry have not scored over 20 points in the last five games of it. That's no bueno. That's no so bueno. So give me five points. You got to score 25 if you're the Rams to cover that. Yeah, take it. I like it. I'm glad we're, I like when we're on the same side. Yeah. <laughs> Saints at Bucks. Bucks favored by 10 and a half. My notes say kill me. I don't want to, some of these spreads are ridiculous. Like it's a bunch of games where like the Bucks, the Bucks lose, it's an absolute disaster. Saints are starting Taysom Hill, right, at QB in this one. But he's banged up. He's got a finger issue. 
Um, I like Bucks minus 10 and a half. I don't think, you know, there is obviously this whole discourse around the Saints defense has Brady's number and he's going to struggle. I think that doesn't show up this week at home. I think Raymond James Stadium brings out the good in Brady and the Saints do not shut down Tampa Brady. I think it's a real thing. I think it's kind of a real thing. Okay. Because it's happened the last three regular season games. So I've not the playoff game last year, but give me the Saints, 10 and a half. It's a big spread. The Urban Meyer jokes on Twitter are phenomenal right now. I wish I was a part of this. Vikings at Bears. Bears plus three and a half. Why aren't the Vikings favored by more? Are yeah, they the best like... worst football team? Like they're the best bad football Ooh. team in the NFL? What's your bet? Best bad losing record team power rankings right now. Yeah, let's look at it up. They're right. They are. They have to be. Like that's a good football. Should be a good football team. Like how many teams are below 500 that have a quarterback playing well right now? Not a lot. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not a lot. Like that. I think that's the biggest thing. Raiders. But they. But Derek Carr's even struggling. Carr has yeah. Carr has taken a big step back. But of the top nine quarterbacks. On PFF, Maybe but. Seattle. Seattle. I mean, Russell Wilson. But they was, he was hurt. For yeah, while. yeah, fair. But and even he came back and played like shit. So of the top nine great quarterbacks, he's the only one on a team with a losing record, or even on a team that's five hundred. Yeah, so. I think any team with six or fewer wins, I'm calling a bad team right now. So yeah, give me Raiders. No, Panthers. Absolutely no. Lions, Texans, Jags aren't even in the conversation. Jets, Dolphins are six and seven. Maybe they're up there in that tier of. But again, one you had the quarterback get hurt. True, so. true, true. Russell Wilson got the injury. Yeah, I like the Vikings as the best, worst football team. And I think they cover the three and a half. I do too. Shall we get to the mailbag and the trivia? Let's do it. Before we get to trivia, or do we want to do mailbag first? Let's do mailbag first. All right. Before we get to the mailbag, Western Southern is a proud sponsor of this podcast. If you did not already know, want a chance to win the ultimate game day feast, whether it's football success or financial savvy, winning starts with asking us questions. Would you like to know what it's like behind the scenes with Al on Sunday Night Football? How about... I need to know for your financial future. Western Southern is teaming up with PFF's very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Every submission earns you a chance to win the ultimate feast to celebrate football's favorite Sunday. We'll cover your catering up to 2500 bucks. coordinate your order from a restaurant near you, and have it delivered on February 13, 2022. And don't forget to check out Chris Collins with podcasts and Western Southern Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash Chris. One more time, that's westernsouthern.com slash Chris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, with Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. 2500 bucks. What restaurant in Cincy are you choosing to cater your big day? I wasn't listening. 2500 bucks. What restaurant are you choosing in Cincy to cater your big day? Does it have to be one restaurant? Because the best is if you get a combination. You got to have a, a uh, No, I'm limiting you to one. Limiting me to one? 2500 Ruby's, fuck it, and do it with like four people. <sighs> That's not what you want. That's a, why not? Just a dime. You don't want steaks on Super Bowl. What's wrong Sunday? with steaks on Super Bowl? They're Sunday? raw bars. Fire. That that would be the way to go. I like. Get it. a bunch of oysters, dude. You could do it with like a nice intimate group of eight people and get like a really nice feast. Now, if I was gonna blow it out and you got 20, 30 plus people, you obviously start to consider wings. Start to consider yeah. pizza. Even I feel like you have to have wings. I feel like you have to. Have the it. correct answer is Mount Lookout Tavern, but yeah, and we haven't been there so long. Fantastic. Say whatever you want. The one time we had we split fifty there, thinking we were going to get to fifty wings, and we made it to maybe like forty-five. I love the sauce caddy approach to wings, though. 
Here's a, here's six sauces and a little caddy. Yeah. And they're all dry. And you come in and you like those sauce it up how much up. you want. That's that's the move. Because there's nothing I, worse than when you have like a wing just covered in sauce. Over sauce. Or if the sauce is bad, right? Then yeah. you're screwed. You're all pitted. You're pitted. Fun fact, I have a sauce caddy from MLT. What? I went in there and I was like, hey, do you guys sell these? And dude, it was one of the managers that I know. And he like looked at the guy that was there. He's like, yeah, sure. And they had an extra thing and they filled them up. So fun oh, fact, you up? can go you buy a sauce caddy from MLT if you really want one. Because they are good. They have some fire dude, sauce. Dude, their sauces are heat. Yeah. Ah, that sounds like a good play. I'm trying to think. Maybe I'll get one yeah. for the office. I love Just that. I'm trying to think of like... I don't know. Everything I'm thinking of is like not a traditional game day food that I would go to. Like, a you know, tradition. is a very good like sushi in like Japanese restaurant. I've never been. And it's great. And that was, but, but that's not like a game day. I will say wings. And I can't just do, you can't just do knockback nets, which are the best wings, in my opinion, in Cincinnati. Because all they have is wings. Yeah. So. Well, they have fries and they have tighter tots and they're terrible. Hanky pankies are good. What's a hanky panky? Maybe just wings and hanky panky. Uh, shit on a shingle. What is a shit on a shingle? D then we'll just have to go there and get it. And it's a very it? um, Midwest thing, I feel like. Is it something you get under a desk? Or like, how does this work? What is a hanky It's like a little like little piece of bread with like a sausage cheese mixture on top of it. Yeah. It's good. Your face is not saying so it's... I had them once there. They haven't knocked back gnats. That's not All right. Uh, no. <laughs> um, uh, mailbag. Lad McConkey. Oh, yes. Well, I forgot to get to the guys last week. George guys, underclassmen. Lad McConkey. All right, so it was Lad McConkey and Keely Ringo. Lad McConkey, the wide receiver, redshirt freshman. Say the name again. Lad McConkey. He is six foot, 185, and white. What do you think his comp is? Wes Welker? Danny Amendola? I mean, he's Hunter Renfro. The guy, the guy oh, honestly, wow. and it's not wrong. Wow. He's very similar, yet he's a little faster, I believe, than Hunter Renfro. Not a high Obviously bar. not the technician yet that Renfro is, but this guy's good. I, I, really? I'm a fan of him. I, I think he should be used more. Honestly. He had the screen touchdown against Alabama, if you guys remember that. Uh, big fan of his. Keely Ringo, not as much. Cornerback, big dude, 6'2", 205. To me, he's probably going to be more of a safety at the NFL level. Like He's just a big guy who kind of sits on dudes. I think his speed and his hips are kind of meh, I'll say. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, wouldn't be surprised if he moves to safety. I do think he's physical. He's a good tackler. Some stuff to like, but he's more like college cornerback good to be, like I said, maybe a safety at the NFL level. But he's also a retro freshman, so he could develop. I love that name more than any name in football. Lad. Lad McConkey. Is Lad short for something? Laddie? Lattimore? Ladster? Lad Nation? just the Lad C? Scottish? I don't know. Next mailbag question. CFB committee, less than sign, taunting, on Apple Podcasts said, thoughts on Louisville cornerback, no, Louisville linebacker, CJ Avery. Also, how much does leadership make up for skill slash talent in a player's draft stock? Well, according to AG. That's massive. Everything. Massive. That's everything. It's not everything. It's massive, though. I think it's uh, huge. You had, We had Bruce, Bruce Feldman on this thing, and he talks about Aiden Hutchinson. One of the first things he brings up is like, this is a guy that changes your locker room. This is a guy that can actually move your franchise forward from a culture perspective, because he is that. See, I don't think it makes up for skill slash talent. It doesn't make up for shit, but it matters. I'm not saying yeah. it makes up for anything. You can be the biggest leader all you want. If you stink, you're that's, toast. So, yeah, that's my thing. It, it I doesn't think it's, make it, up it's for cherry. deficiencies. It's the differentiator between 
who, who like exactly. makes it. You can't be. So a yeah. good example of this, in my opinion, is actually, do you remember the Giants linebacker, Mark Herzlick, who played on special teams for like yeah. 10 years, who like survived bone cancer and played yeah. for, I think, Boston College for yes. before. That guy had all the leadership and grit in the world yeah. and stuck around the NFL for a long time. He worked harder than anybody. He survived cancer, bro, yeah. but he wasn't good. Yeah. But he still stuck around the NFL for 10 years, and that matters. I think it could help with longevity. But that is an example of that was one of the hardest working people probably ever in the NFL. Stuck around the – he never started at linebacker, rarely started at linebacker unless it was injuries yeah. because he wasn't good. Yeah. So I don't think it makes up for it, but it is a big thing when you're comparing, you know, Dudes that have skill and talent. Uh, so back to CJ Avery, <laughs> Louisville skill. linebacker. He's 5'11", 227. He's on the smaller side. Now, he has a f- fairly long arms for a guy that size. Don't know just yet, but on tape, you can kind of tell that he's that's not deficient in that area. But he's just not like the athlete you would expect at that size. He's not doesn't really play with urgency, and his kind of standstill burst is just meh. And now he's a good tackle. He's a physical dude. Uh, to me, he's probably... Late day three UDFNs type from watching his tape. You hate to see it. Dude. This exactly. guy comes in, I know, listens to our podcast, and he's like, oh, any chance you could talk about Louisville linebacker CJ Avery? He's like, yeah, he stinks. <sighs> Fuck. You want me to be journalistic integrity or not? What? That's what do you want? Broken Alley on Apple. I like that name. What I'm name? not a journalist also. I just want to clarify. <laughs> You're no not sense. anything. Yeah. You're trash. What name, <laughs> what name would you pick for the Washington football team? What should they do in, in the draft for this free agency? Oh, shit. I just I just focused on the what name part. So here are the eight <laughs> names that got the final list of what they could be. It's got to be one of these names. You think? I don't know. I no, think this they is what they released. The they released this, and so oh, this they're oh, gonna be from them. Yeah, Washington football team released this. Uh, the Red Hogs, the Defenders, the Armada, which, wow, the Presidents, the Brigade, the Commanders, the Red Wolves, the Washington football team. So just stay the football team would be the last. We'll be sick. My favorite of those is the Red Hogs. Of course, and then it's like you have, be everyone's favorite. Then you have Clifford be your mascot. No, Clifford's the big hog. hog. Well, it's got to be a dog because that's what my dog gets whenever he gets exactly. excited. That's <laughs> that fucking wind blows wrong. <laughs> red hog. Wind blows. He's got a hog. Um, but I still Clifford like red the hogs. big. And Clifford was the mascot. I support it. Clifford and the big red hog. Uh, but no, I, I like the red hogs. I just think it's cool. Red. It's got to be red hog. What are your rankings? Wolves. Give me your top three. Uh, red hogs, then red wolves, and then presidents. I think presidents. Are you cool. serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Presidents is in your top three. Are you stupid? What was yours? Defenders. Red Hogs, Red Wolves, and then I'd honestly say Washington football team. No. I would not. If you call yourself the Defenders, the pre, I, maybe I include Armada, I, but like all of those stink. It's You need. It really is like yeah. a terrible list besides Red Hogs, Red Wolves. Yeah. And then football team, just stick to it. You've already sold merch on this thing. Might as well just stick to the brand. I, I, I think Red Hogs will ultimately be it. They obviously have the hog background because their mm. offensive line back in the 80s or whatever was called the hogs. Hogs are easy to brand. I think people would flock to it. You know what's interesting is that you see, I think in basketball and NHL, even baseball there might have this, where mask they just have mascots that are just like random shapes. Like you've seen the gritty mascot for, um, I think it's the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. Like what is that? It was just, yeah. It's just nothing, random right? Shape. And then there's um, the Braves mascot is like legitimately like a well the Phillies have a weird ass mascot too who's just like the green guy. Yeah, I I kind of like that. Can I can I can I say I like that? The Philly fanatic is just a green something. Yeah, that's like a common minor league like baseball just have a random Yeah, but mascot. it's also in the major leagues. Yeah. yeah, this is this is the the Braves mascot. His name is Blooper. Nice. Holy Hold it up. To nobody. Let the camera see it. Yeah. 
that doesn't help anybody. But maybe you can stitch it on the YouTube. Braves mascot is blooper. I do think and more I creative kind of mascots that. is good. Yeah, where it's just I, like a random ass shit like like Purdue Pete mm-hmm. who just carries a sledgehammer. That's a sick. That's, that's cool. a sick I, I think mascot. the Boilermakers is, is guy like nightmare is feel but yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think the Red Hogs getting a mascot that's just like here comes Bloney and he just comes around and I think people would like that. And it's just like a a wild boar. I've also yeah, I've had the conversation that I think I would make a phenomenal mascot. Oh, uh, you would yeah, you could get the people going. I would absolutely crush a mascot opportunity. Yeah. A mascot opportunity. You could be a leprechaun. At, what the fuck is this? That doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. There you All go. Right. There's a height maximum for the leprechaun, actually. You can't be at above. Notre? Yeah. I think it's five nine. Can't be above five nine. That makes sense, right? You're not gonna have some six six monster out there leprechauning it up. I also don't think anyone over five nine would ever want to be the leprechaun. <laughs> All right. This is from Kenny D three four two nine. On Apple Podcasts. I'm a Browns fan, but not sold on Baker. Welcome every Browns fan. If you were the GM, what would There's, you do? There are Browns fans that are definitely sold on Baker. It's not every Browns. Yeah. Really? But continue. If you were the GM, what would you do this offseason? I'm taking a shot on Kenny Pickett, but can also see grabbing Garrett Wilson. At this point, you have to be sold on Baker. This is your window. Like this year and next year, with his fifth-year option being only $18 million, like, in my opinion, drafting Kenny Pickett, and now I don't think they'll be in a position to, I think he'll be gone before that, or drafting one of these quarterbacks, like, it kind of not maximizing your window. And especially when, like, you have Baker, but you really don't have a receiving core around him. And obviously you had Odell Beckham, but, like, that was not working out or reasons outside of talent. Like, you don't – you have Jarvis Landry, who's a solid slot receiver – but not a vertical threat. You have Anthony Schwartz, who's just a vertical threat. Like you have this oddly put together receiving core that is not what you would call like a full complement of weapons for Baker Mayfield. So I think my best, your best bet, like you said there, Garrett Wilson, give him a full complement. Try your damnedest, and if it doesn't work out, then then you're in the quarterback market. Because, like I said, this is the window you're playing for. A quarterback in his fifth year should be playing well enough. And then if he's not, obviously you're hoping he's fully healthy, but then if he's not, then, well, shit, you fucked up. But Kenny Pickett, your one's not taking you to Super Bowl either. Yeah, yeah. the problem there. And you have a roster that's about to get expensive. So, yeah. I, I would agree with you, right? I think you don't commit to him long term. You give this thing, you squeeze the last bit of juice out of this, and if it doesn't pan out, you you move on the following season. Mm-hmm. All right, the tasty brownie number three is the name of the person that wrote this on Apple Podcasts. He's a huge fan of the pod, and he's a diehard Lions fan. You hate to see it. And since our first win against the Vikings, I'm drinking all the Kool Aid. I love it. Is the rest of the NFC North on the brink of collapse? Yes. Mm-hmm. Vikings are literally cleaning house are likely clearing house after the season, fourth worst cap situation in the NFL, and losing plenty of defensive talent after the season. Packers have the second worst cap situation in the NFL. Rodgers is nearly guaranteed to leave after the season, probably losing Adams after the season, can't tag him with the available cap. Bears are definitely firing Nagy and likely firing Pace. They don't have the 2022 first rounder. They have one of those old, one of the oldest rosters in the NFL. Akeem Hicks and A-Rob are free agents, can't tag them. Fields isn't developing fast enough to keep up the roster, hemorrhaging talent. Lions are the second youngest roster in the NFL. They have the most most draft capital in 2022. How do you think we can use our cap space and draft capital the most effectively? So yeah, I don't. The problem is still an up quarterback. You know, that's like, yeah, you're in a good spot. With the I like this rationale there. Yeah, I kind of like a hey, Vikings like, are cheeks. Vikings, Packers could lose Rodgers. Bears are still cheeks. Uh, the Bears are, are not going to turn things around in 2022. The Vikings are going to. 
are not going to be better in 2022. I don't see avenues to them getting better, that much better in 2022 than they are this season. They're obviously they're below 500 this season. Packers, I don't think are going anywhere. Uh, I think Rodgers is going to stay. That's selfish. You're I think Devontae Adams might go, but they're still no way. Adams goes if Rodgers stays. Period. Period. Awesome. Period. But and they, I don't think Rodgers stays. They, and they can clear space in certain ways. I think they can fit those guys under. Obviously, going to mortgage a little bit of the future, but I, I don't think they're going anywhere. So Packers still at the top. But the thing is, you're one eleven. Your roster that obviously decimated with certain injuries, but you still need a quarterback. So you're not kind of like this one year fix. You're kind of still a two year fix, and you're and you're in a very good spot too, if you draft well, if the young guys, you know, Akuda comes back, uh, if you hit on, you know, say an Aiden Hutchinson, to where you could be. All you do need then is the quarterback. But again, very a lot easier said than done. So I think. It's going to come down to the 2023 draft, or if you do draft a quarterback with their second first rounder in 2022, how he develops. But I do think they are in a better position right now, I'd say, than maybe like the Vikings with their roster and, and maybe even the Bears in their roster because they've paid so much for so long for all these free agents and mortgage draft capital not drafted well at that and don't have much draft capital this upcoming draft to where, yeah, I think the Lions are in good position, but they just need to make smart decisions as opposed to, you know, the whole Bob Quinn era. I still like the hope that he brought to that. Yeah. That guy typed out that Apple podcast review and was like, what buddy, said, they we're have coming more hope back. Than, than the Vikings and Bears right now. If, like, if you're Rogers, telling me which team of those three is going to be the best in 2023, I could be talked into the Lions now. Uh-oh. I think the Quote Packers, graphic. Packers are Max? Still. Producer Max? <laughs> that was such a lit, that was if, such a tame take, but there's it, the, it, the Packers aren't going anywhere. Can you restate it? If I was going to pick a team in 2023 to be the best in the NFC North, you would pick the Lions. No, I said I could be talked into them. Oh, you could. Be, okay, never mind. That's, that was, that's, that was, that's why I said it was a tame take. All righty then. Uh, this is from... Doesn't tell me who this is from. Or no, this is your answer. This is from PBuck81 on Apple. Fellas, love the pod. Very personable, very knowledgeable. My question is regarding what you believe is the Patriots' best moves this next offseason regarding the receiving core. Spent a lot of last offseason, but lacking a wide receiver one. Do you think they try to look for, look to add even more depth, try to make a big push for a free agent like Godwin, or do they try to draft a receiver uh, or two in the draft? Yeah, that's the problem is they kind of just spent you know, a good deal of money this past offseason on, on Kendrick Bourne, on Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, John o. Smith. Yeah, on a lot of weapons. So, Going out and then just saying, hey, let me go get another Chris one. Godwin, too. Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Uh, I don't think they're going to. Just Bill Belichick's history has not been to invest there. Now, I do love the fit of either a Jahan Dotson or Git Wilson in that offense, what they can do, how they would fit. So I think that is where you go. Obviously better than I like the fit him to kill Harry in that offense. So I, I think if you want a wide receiver, that is where I would go to because I think those guys are also polished too. Like we've seen the kind of trend of early wide receivers hitting the ground running. I think those are two guys that could be NFL ready in that regard. This is from TM at 211390 on Apple. Let's do some self-evaluating and some evaluating of your co-host. What do you think is your biggest draft bias when it comes to evaluating prospects and what is your co-host's what is your co-host's biggest bias example austin loves with the players who's been on the podcast which is not untrue um you go ahead and self-evaluate yeah i like undersized athletes i don't care what position it's at mm-hmm. the guys like whether it's you know the five nine wide receivers that run four three is the uh what's his name from north texas last year 
Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden, or whether it's the undersized edge guys that are quick. Like I too often fall in love with guys who just are not big enough to fucking play in the NFL or do a lot in the NFL. I feel like you can fall for a good sales pitch on the pod. A guy, a guy really can talk you into yeah to a lot. Yeah, that's that's your. I think that's uh, unfair to call it a sales pitch. I think I like. I, I definitely fall for players that are smart, carry themselves well, have legitimate like presence about them. That leaders, I lunch leaders, pail, lunch pail, <laughs> blue collar types. Um, I definitely think that's one of my biases. Um, as for your bias, hmm, undersized athletes is not what I was going to go with. Cool. You still, you also like bigger defensive ends right like you like some of these bigger guys that win with power i think i remember the lj collier love that you had a little bit like 50th on the draft board whoa whoa whoa. okay the lj collier love some of the jerry tillery love i i think i think there's uh there's there's that would be where my bias sits a little bit but or where i thought what but, about any player that's ever played at notre dame no there's a bias there too obviously there's i mean that one's obvious chase claypool. did not love chase claypool chase claypool's been good i know <laughs> but it's, it's a big weirdo. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Uh, this is from Paolo 101 on Twitter. Mailbag question. You're stranded on a desert island. He spelled desert right, which you have to respect. It can only have film from one college and or NFL game. But that includes any film type, broadcast, all 22, Manny Cast, ESPN Deportes. I like that he included that. Which games are you keeping occupied until help arrives? Oh, so I picked one game. I picked the 2010 divisional round game. Packers, Falcons. It was the. It's like it was the best game. It was just the best game. Aaron Rodgers played the best quarterback. It was the best quarterback performance I've ever seen in my entire life. He went thirty-one of thirty-six for three hundred sixty-six yards with three touchdowns. He was just literally not missing throws that entire game. It was unbelievable to watch. I will take the all twenty-two from that game. Uh, the Tremont Williams pick six right before the half was like. And um, it's probably the most excited I've been at any play ever in my entire life. That was just that was a great game. So there you have it. That not I even the Super Bowl in that one because that Super Bowl was a little tense, made some dumb mistakes. That game was just. Mm, I might I might go back to a handful of Raiders games in the 2016 season when I was still like relatively like committed as a fan. Um, the pinky game against Carolina, Khalil Mack has the the pick six. Derek Carr leaves because he gets hurt, but he comes back. He wins that game. There's also the week one of that season where Crabtree wins on the two-point conversion on the road against the New Orleans Saints. That one's fucking sweet. And then if I was feeling like a real dirtbag, I'd watch the Indianapolis Colts Raiders game on Christmas Eve where we dump truck the Indianapolis Colts win by more than 30, but Derek Carr breaks his leg and ruins the hopes. Yeah, so it's like just like as like a you know like a back to reality. Yeah, I just could really put myself back into reality. So yeah. and maybe just that play, just the play of him breaking his leg. Donald Penn allowed one sack that season, and it was that sack. That sack. That's that insane. Was, that offense. That's was insane. Great. That's yeah. insane. Last one here before we get to trivia. This is from Aaron Hagardi. Question for the mailbag: Who are your most fun to watch guys that people are not talking about enough? And are you going to Ireland for Nebraska Northwestern this year? I've been asked this a lot. I've been asked like. At least, and when I say a lot, like four or five times, are we going to the Nebraska-Northwestern game in Ireland? I don't think we can make it happen, but it would be sick. We should go. No, we should do. We should go to Notre Dame-Navy two years from now in Ireland. We're not going. Notre Dame is not. Why are we? I, I, no. I mean, if we're going to go to Ireland, 
Gonna go watch Notre Dame play in Ireland. I'm gonna go watch fucking I, Northwestern. Nebraska play. Northwestern is a shit game. Yeah. But Navy, Navy Notre Dame also won't be that great either. Well, Notre Dame's gonna be playing, so. All right. At least be Give me your, some of your fun right. to watch guys. Fun to watch guys. Sky Moore, podcast guest. Yeah. Western Michigan wide receiver. Channing Tyndall, Georgia linebacker. I'm going to call it right now. Mm, should I call it? I think he's going to run the fast four div A with linebacker in this class. Chain Tindall. Wow. He might run the low four fours. That guy can fly. Undersized athlete? Undersized athlete. So this guy more? Uh-oh. Um, Damian Pierce, running back for Florida. That guy's sick. Very sick. I don't know how he didn't get more run in that offense. Only 87 carries this year, but I think he 39 broken tackles and 87 carries. Like He is legitimately a borderline top five running back in this class and barely got used for Florida. And then Kirby Joseph, the Illinois safety, has some awesome picks on his tape. And my favorite we're watching, was watching him play Gunner on special teams. This guy gets after it. Uh, big fan of his game. So Also a friend of the show. Also a friend of the show. Those are your four fun-to-watch guys that people aren't talking enough about. Man, I'm trying to think if I could add one to this list. He just didn't. He just went, decided to go back to school. But Jalen Catalan, I talk about undersized athlete for yeah. Arkansas, is a very fun-to-watch player. I think people aren't talking about him probably for the right reasons. He's going back to school. He will not be in the NFL draft. Stop talking about him. I'm done talking about him. Um, other people I'd add to this list here. I think you have you have, you have have some good coverage there. Thank you. You have some good coverage. Darian Kennard, maybe. I think Darian Kennard's an undergraded road grader. I think Ike, mm. Ike Aquanu is stealing a lot of that. He gets talked Daxton about. Hill. Daxton Hill getting talked about enough? That player is fucking yeah. sick, too. There you go. Another fun player to watch. All right. Um, trivia. Quinn, Let's rip it. it. Perk Angel's back. Oh, my God. Oh. Our king. Our literal king. He's, yeah, he is the king. He leads off every episode, too. He's got to. I so miss Perk him. Angel, keep him coming. We need to know his real name. Or do we? No, I like Perk Angel. All right. Okay, yeah, we'll call it. He's, he's Perk Angel. I, it's it's better to keep us in suspense. But Perk Angel wants to know, if a QB is not selected first overall, it would break a four-year streak. The record for most consecutive drafts with a QB taken first was five from 2001 to 2005. Name all five QBs. Oh, a one to five. So Mike Vick takes yeah. it off. Uh, Eli Manning's in there. Yeah, he's in there. Alex Smith was the last Alex one. Smith is in there. Uh, so it's 02 and 03 that we're missing. Um, man. It's a little early for me. I was seven years old. Come on, 02 and 03. I was young too when these guys were taken. We were all uh, young. Carson Palmer. Yes. And then 02. Shit, why is it so hard? I'm trying to think of teams that had picks around that. I'm just thinking Browns, what would keep popping in my head. Oh, uh, no, no, not the Lions. I was going to say Joe Harrington, but I don't think it, that's not right. Uh, I'm out on this one. Come on. O2. Austin, you should get this. O2 oh, O2 Jamarcus O2. Russell. No, no, it's not Jamarcus oh, Russell. Oh, who is it? But there is a Raiders connection. Mm, um, Andrew Walter? No. Andrew no. was our first round pick. Kerry <laughs> uh, Collins. Negative. No. Come on. Who's the O2 first overall pick? It's Raiders connection. I'm trying to think. Jason Campbell? I Negative. Know, I don't even know who the number one picks are in O2 and O1. O1 was Vic. O2 is what we're looking for? Yeah, we're looking for O2. I'm going to get it. Mm. I have no idea. Who is it? What's 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 the team? David Carr. Oh uh, god, I'm an idiot. Texas. Not oh, Derek, stupid. but David. We're Carr. stupid. That so was, loose Raiders connection. That was, connection, but, that was good. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Mike Vick, David Carr, Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, and Alex Smith. Lovely. All right. Uh, next one. Alabama became the third school since. Perk Angel comes with some good questions. He does. I don't know where his, his source is. Maybe he's got like the sports almanac. Like I'm in, a huge uh, fan. Back to the future. But yeah, Perk Angel, keep him That's coming. Bad. That was bad. 
Uh, Alabama became the third school since 2000 to have consecutive Heisman winners with Devontae Smith and Bryce Young. Name the two other schools and their Heisman winners. Um, they became the third school? Yeah, that was the third school. Ohio so was- State, Archie Griffin won back-to-back years. Does that count? No, not Ohio State. He won back-to-back years. That should count. Um, uh, Matt Lyon or Reggie Bush? Yep, 2004-2005. And... Whew. Think here. How far back we got to go? Not far. Not far back. Don't overthink this. Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oklahoma. Uh, Baker Ky- and yeah, Kyler. Yeah. Baker and Kyler. There you go. I was. I was overthinking. I was going way too far back. All right. Last one. Uh, as a true sophomore, Bryce Young has to return to school next year. Besides him, there have been seven Heisman winners since 2000 to return to school the following season. Name four. Johnny Football. Yes. James Winston. Yep. Um, uh, Matt Liner. Yeah. Because then Reggie won it. Uh, wow. Return to football next year. Couple more. Not that long ago. Man. I don't know. Uh, Tua? Uh, he didn't win it. I'm no, kidding. not Tua, yeah. <laughs> but who won it that year? Uh, Kyler did, right? Um, fuck, who else? I'm out. Um, they can. All right, I'm out. What? Who else? Uh, so the last ones you guys could have got: Mark Ingram. I was gonna say Mark Tim Ingram. Tebow, Lamar it. Jackson is who oh, I was looking for. He wanted that year. Uh, and then going way back or a little bit way back, Jason White at Oklahoma. And that's it. That's all I got. Or the baggiest jeans in his. Know your co-host. You go first. Oh, all right. Let's see. Oh, mine was at my heaviest weight, oh. within five pounds, either way. How much did I weigh? 265. No, that's way too heavy. That's 230. Oh, wow. That's heavy. 265 would have been fucking big. That's big. Yeah. My, mine big. is I had a sack celebration in high school. What was it? Oh, man. It was lame, and on, in hindsight, I wish I never did it, and honestly, I wish – one of my parents shot me, but this was it. Did you do like a the shocker? Did you hold up the shocker? What? I was no. What'd you do? I so I liked Clay Matthews a lot. And Clay Matthews. Yeah, but I did it like this. The, oh, but yeah. I only did it was just it was the worst. I did a flex and like I'm like five foot in high school, like five foot seven, five foot eight, not big flexing. I look like a moron. In the it. the best sack Sally ever was a Packer was not Clay Matthews. It was Gilbert Brown. And he did the grave digger. He would dig I the grave. I've that before. The best sack celebration is Jared Allen when he hogtied. No. That was sick. No. Jared Allen's a hardo. 
What do you mean? That one where he'd rope him and then be like, that one was cool. I thought that was sick. Hardo. You're just a freaking <laughs> fan loser. Well, yeah. um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of Tailgate. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to leave Apple Podcast reviews, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Or if you want to join Perk Angel in freaking podcast fandom, submit his question through Twitter DMs. Follow PFF underscore Tailgate and go from there. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Tailgate. Oh,